The next one you mentioned, Jax, I mean, uh, Kay, actually, at the beginning of this episode, was um, the cash flow statement. Do you want to talk to us a bit more about that, Kay? Sure. So the cash flow um, is pretty much a statement that just shows you how cash is generated um, and how it's pretty much dispersed around the company. So uh, you have your, there are three sections. Um, you have your cash flow from operations. So generally speaking, how much the company has generated in terms of its day-to-day activities, in terms of cash. Um, so you have that section. You have your cash from, uh, you have your cash for, in uh, what's it called? Financing. So that's in terms of like any, I'm not mistaken, um, interest payments and whatnot. And then you have your cash, you have your uh, cash from investing. So that's like when the company pays dividends, that's the section that shows you how much it returns back to its shareholders and so forth. And then it gives you the ultimate uh, change in cash from the previous year. So it just shows you how cash has been generated from its day-to-day operations all the way to you know whether it's been paying its dividends um, or making money from in, its investments um, and so forth yeah um just to piggyback off that i think many people don't know that a cash flow statement is probably one of if not the most important um statements and, and i'll explain why now on the income statement the cash flow statement is very very similar to the income statement in the sense that it shows you money coming in money going out sales revenues and that kind of stuff and in fact the cash flow statement starts off with the income statement um, on the top line what i would say is the income statement and many people probably have heard of this it can be manipulated so you've probably heard of things like financial engineering window dressing kind of pretending that you've made some some revenue you've, you've generated some sales um, when you actually haven't. So when you have about all these scandals, these accounting scandals, they normally take place on the income statement because the income statement is not just hardcore cash. It's literally, if I have agree- an agreement to sell something to someone that they will pay in six months' time, that can show up on the income statement. It cannot show up in a cash flow statement because a cash flow statement is hard cash. It shows you cash coming in, cash coming out. It's like a bank statement and you cannot fake that. So the cash flow statement is a very, very important statement for investors to be looking at because it shows you hard cash, cash moving in, cash moving out. And I think one of the, the last things I will say on that is at the bottom line, there's something called a free cash flow, which for me as an investor, especially when I'm investing for things like dividends and that kind of stuff, is the most important thing when it comes to investing for cash flow. So that free cash flow is the thing that excites you, would you say, when you look at that particular statement? Absolutely, Peter. So, so some people, many people, and including myself, when we're talking about, for example, investing and, and capturing dividends and, and that kind of stuff, we tend to look at ratios like the payout ratio, which I'm sure many people have heard of. But I don't encourage people that you should also really be looking at the free cash flow because the free cash flow is what's the real cash. That's where the money actually is. Um, and if a company is not generating a lot of free cash flow, then there's a bit of a problem there. I think people should pay much more attention to free cash flow than even the dividend payout ratio, personally. Hmm. And just, and you know, some of this is a bit obvious, but when a company has loads of uh, cash available, why is that such a good thing? Oh, Peter, I mean, how, how many minutes do I have? I, I love a, a company that has a lot of cash. Um, like Kay said, I also like a company that doesn't have a lot of debt. 
that's contrary to some people's beliefs. But just generally speaking, I love companies that have a lot of cash and not a lot of debt. When someone has cash, generally even in their life, and I'm a business have a lot of cash, then they have opportunities. They have opportunities to pay higher dividends. They have opportunities to reinvest back into that business, to grow that business at a faster rate than before. When a company has cash, they've got options to acquire other companies. So the most cash efficient companies, the ones that generate a lot of cash, those are the ones that can acquire companies to grow um, the companies furthermore. And also things like share buybacks. Share buybacks can be done when you've got cash. So in this case, I think cash is king. And that's why I think many people should really, really be paying attention to a, a company's ability to consistently generate a lot of cash. Brilliant, man. Thanks for that, Jackson. Before I get back into uh, onto KOD for this, and you mentioned something that um, we don't actually, we haven't mentioned much on our episodes, and that's share buybacks. You just want to touch on a sentence or two on what that actually is. Yeah, it's a very interesting term, and it, it can be quite confusing. Um, but the easiest way, and, and probably we might spend some time talking about, maybe, Peter, we talk about investing for cash flow, because this is a great way to, to receive cash flow. Um, is a way for um, shareholders to gain value. And essentially, share buybacks is a company buying back its own shares. And by doing that, they're actually giving you, the investor, cash. That's the easiest way to understand it without confusing yourself. It's the company using a lot of cash to pay back some of its shares and increases shareholder value because it gives you cash, basically. It's quite similar to dividends. Brilliant, man. Thanks for that breakdown. Kay. Just back to you on that. Did you have anything to add on to, I guess, the cash flow statement as well in terms of what you're looking for before we go on to the final one? Um, no, Jack's pretty much, uh, you know, put the hammer on the nail in terms of the nature and the purpose of the cash flow. So there's no need for me to, uh, you know, regurgitate what he just said. Brilliant. And just uh, using Nike as an example, Kate, in, I'm just looking at the net, change in cash for Nike, right? So yeah. back in 2016, it was minus um, 714 million. And in 2020, it's 3.8 billion. What's that telling me? What's happened over the last five years? So what that's telling you is that they have um, made a significantly, oh, sorry, they have made a significant um, positive change to their cash. So they're in surplus. Um, it sounds as though, did you say negative 714 in yeah. 2016? Yeah. Um, yeah, so just high level, um, without going into the nitty-gritty, mm. they, yeah, they've, they're in a better position from a cash perspective. Brilliant. And yeah. again, on, on that as well, um, Kay, just another, I guess, uh, subject line under the cash flow is around total cash dividends paid um, this is of course for uh, relevant for those who are interested in dividend paying companies um, for our listeners we've got a whole episodes on dividend paying companies make sure you check that out um, it was quite a, a nice uh, discussion we had Jack's had there but um, Kay again on this one um, in 2016 for Nike um, about uh, 1 billion um, was paid out mm-hmm. dividends um, in 2016, and then in 2020, 1.4 billion was paid, and um, it's increased year on year if you break it down. And um, from 2016 to 2020, what's that telling us? Is that a good thing? So, as Jacks alluded to, when the company has cash, it has options. It can decide to pay 
more dividends, which in this case um, they've done, which is a good thing. So it's a positive sign. It shows that the company is in a healthy position because to, to pay dividends year on year is a big commitment for any company. And for them to do that for, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, for them to be doing that for the five, for the five year period mm. which, and to be increasing, it's a, you know, a positive uh, signal to their shareholders and, and to the public that they are an efficient company who generates revenue, generates cash, and they promise their shareholders to, well, not promise, but they've been making commitments to increase their dividends back to their shareholders. So it is a very uh, positive sign. I, I, I agree. I agree with you, Kay. I think, you know, a company's ability to generate a lot of cash, um, obviously, is great for paying dividends. Um, but also, what happens is um, when they generate a lot of cash and they don't distribute too much of that in the form of dividends, they, that cash goes into what we call um, retained earnings as part of the balance sheet, um, retained earnings. And even if a company goes through a period of turmoil or of struggle where they're not generating a lot of cash in that specific year due to whatever reason, they can still continue paying dividends and they can continue paying it because they take it from what we call the retained earnings. And so it is good to look back to see how much cash they've been generating historically, how much of that is going to retain earnings. And basically that gives you a level of um, comfort if you are someone who seeks dividends to consistently invest in this company because they can continue paying it even if they have one or two years where things have not gone amazingly well. Companies don't want to cut dividends. They don't want to cut dividends because it signals, usually generally, it signals um, a bit of, of, of trouble. And when a company's been paying dividends for so long, they know a lot of those people invested in those companies are investing in those companies for their dividends and for their ability to grow those dividends over time. So it is in everybody's best interest, including the company, including the shareholders, um, for the company to generate more cash and to grow those dividends over a period of time. Well, man, thanks for that, man. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to get into our final statement, which for some of you, I can't even tell you why, it's probably a personal favourite of mine, and that's the balance sheet. So I've got the balance sheet open up for night. Kay, do you want to speak a bit more about what the balance sheet is, what it's telling us, what you look for as well when you're looking at this particular statement? Yeah, so the balance sheet, um, 